Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's your daily dose of Donna. Welcome to the show. It is Tuesday, November 14th. We are here. We are um, alive. I am on such a little amount of sleep, you guys. I need your energy. I need your incorporation. I need a lot of uh, community today, a lot of fun because, wow, I tweaked my neck. And if any of you guys have done this before, I'm sure who hasn't tweaked their neck? Let's be honest. If you're over the age of I don't know, 30. I tweaked my neck somehow doing some sort of weird something. I think over sleep like a couple nights ago. And last night, okay, here's the real truth. <laughs> in the in the world of uh, TMI with Donna Bowling, I got a mammogram yesterday, which by the way, we should all be getting once a year. I got a mammogram yesterday. And when you get a mammogram, what they do, and fellow women will understand this, what they do is they take your breast, and they squeeze that thing into a machine. You know what? They they jam it in like Cody in the car. Actually, now that I think about it, my mammogram was very similar to the scene in Sister Wives when Cody's white sports car was jamming into the truck. So it is, they're squeezing you in there, and then they have like a plastic acrylic, you know, kind of case over the the machine. So they kind of push your body and they turn your head so that like your cheek has to go against it, which probably looked gorgeous on the other end, you know, like that smushed face look. Something happened. It re-triggered or re-like pinched this neck and I couldn't sleep last night. I've never had it ever like a, a neck pain keep me up all night. So at I think one or two, or I can't remember what time I woke up. I went downstairs. I got Advil. It didn't really work. I had crazy dreams because of it. My whole night was a little bit off. It could have been that, or it could have been the fact that I was watching Twin Flames Universe before I went to bed, which is just by far my favorite guilty pleasure right now. You know, Tuesday Monday nights is kind of a slow reality TV night. Do you guys notice that? There's not really much on TV. There's not really anything that I watch on the Bravo universe. I think they do a below deck, but the only below deck I'm in the middle of or was really into was Down Under because hello, Captain Jason, right? And Aisha, hello. You're welcome. I'm excited. Anyway. We had a really uh, fun night. We went out to dinner for my son's birthday with my mom and my stepdad. And we talked all kinds of things. You know, my stepdad was a, a colonel in the Israeli army. He, he fought in the Yom Kippur War. So obviously that comes up a lot, the conversation around it. And just have to do it. I have to shout out Israel. March for Israel is today on at Washington, D.C. It's a huge deal, huge deal. And it's airing. Um, they're live streaming it. But a lot of representatives from my kids' school are there and a lot of people that I know, a lot of your family members are there. I'm just like loving the images that are coming out of it. So nice to see that uh, that side. But this is where I land on this weird, you know, war of PR because that's what it feels like, this whole crazy thing. 
Anyway, uh, back to Cody and the white sports car. You guys loved yesterday's episode. The comments that I got on yesterday's episode were so phenomenal for my um, my heart, my confidence, my all the things. Because so many of you are saying, you don't even watch Sister Wives, but you watched and you thought it was so funny. And, um, you know, you enjoy the commentary. I got one comment from someone who said that her, their husband has a really uh, debilitating disease, yet he always laughs watching me do my Sharpies. Come on now. That is the nicest thing to ever hear. So I appreciate all your guys' love and uh, support on those Tuesday ep- and those Monday episodes. They're always so fun. And today's going to be kind of like a little smattering of random, you know, Bravo, random Bravo and uh, pop culture news. Like nothing huge has happened, but there's always something we can chat about. Just a reminder, though, before I get into it, that our Facebook group is popping off. Join the the free Facebook group, Daily Dose of Donna. Join the paid Patreon. New episodes are released every single Wednesday. Tomorrow, I'm going to go all in on Twin Flames Universe and some cult talk along with some other things. And then, of course... um, Friday is our next happy hour for the upper tier of Patreon. So if you want to join the Daily Dose of Donna happy hour, come on in. Um, okay, so where where can we start, you guys? I thought I thought we were being punked. I truly thought we were being punked. Dorit Kemsley posts on her Instagram today that she is appearing at a limited um, run of Peter Pan starring boy George. And she is playing, I believe it said the mermaid. Is there a mermaid in Peter Pan? Actually, yeah, I think there is now that I think about it, right? Like right outside of the little island that they're at. Um, Neverland. (laughs) Goes to show how much I know about uh, Peter Pan. But let me see exactly what she says in her caption. I swear I thought it was a joke. I was like, you've got to be joking. This is a, we're getting, nope, this is a real deal thing. It's Peter Pan with boy George in London at the Hammersmith Apollo on January 5th, 6th, and 7th. She'll be playing Mrs. Darling and the mermaid who brings Tinkerbell to life. Now, let me ask you a question. Is Dorita singer? Do you have to sing to be in this? This picture, and I'll show it here on YouTube, but it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, the screenshot of Boy George and Dorit is is quite possibly the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, if only walls could talk, right? To know what like rehearsals are like with Dorit. That would just trip me out. Um, yeah, which which accent is Dorit going to be using in this one? Kelly, thank you so much for the super sticker. Kelly, am I going to see you on Sunday night? Are you going on Sunday? You guys, just a reminder, on Sunday, I am going to... Um, be performing, performing. Every time I say performing, it's like as if I'm going to be Dorit in Peter Pan. No, I'm just going to be appearing at Zach Peter's Friendsgiving. That's no filter with Zach Peter. I'll be with, I don't know exactly how he's doing the lineup, but I know that Jolene Lenzer is doing opening stand-up. She has a big YouTube. Then um, myself and the Brav Bros are going to be doing a little panel. And then he's going to have some other people come up later. So it'll be really fun. Uh, what is boy George playing? He's playing the, uh, the character of Huck. It looks like that in the picture. I mean, if he's not playing Huck, I love how like Peter Pan gets no attention. Peter Pan's like in the corner and then Huck is like the, the lead. Now, let me ask you guys a question. I, I really have a question for you. Seriously. 
Are you someone that would travel or go out of your way to see Boy George play the hook, play Captain Hook in Peter Pan? Now, if it was in Los Angeles, I actually think I would go. But just for content for Daily Dose of Donna, I don't know if I would go, you know, out of my way on that. I don't know. But Dorit, go Dorit. And you know what? London, you still speak English, but it reminds me of why, how I have this episode is sponsored by Babbel. And you guys, I talked about it a little bit yesterday, so I'm just going to give you guys a little bit more information because so many of you reached out and said that you're going to try Babbel out. So if you are interested in learning to speak a new language this fall, you can use Babbel. And why Babbel? Because Babbel works. So instead of paying hundreds of dollars for a private tutor or fooling yourself with language apps that are a little more than games... Well, I'm not going to say it here. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel is designed by real people for real conversations, and all of Babbel's tips and tools for learning a new language are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching. Now, you remember yesterday I looked up how to say daily dose, and it's dosas diaria de dana. Every time I say that, I feel like we're doing like a telenovela. Dosas de diaria de Dana. That's how you say daily dose of Donna in Spanish. Anyway, you guys, make sure to check out Babbel because it's always good to speak different languages. There are studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others that continue to prove Babbel is better. Uh, with over 10 million sub subscriptions sold, it's real language learning for real conversations. You have a special limited time deal to get started right now at 55% off of your subscription, but only for the Daily Dose listeners. So check out babbel.com slash bowling. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash bowling rules and restrictions may apply. Get your 55% off. I'm always down for a discount. I'm always down for a discount. So thank you, Babel, for sponsoring a daily dose of Donna today. Oh my gosh, this made me sad. So I told you I was um, reading or listening to Matt LeBon, uh, I'm sorry, Matthew Perry's memoir. He released it a few months ago. I'm going to be a hundred percent honest. I was not really like going out of my way to listen to it. And I love a celebrity memoir, but I just wasn't as interested until sadly he, you know, passed away last month. And when we were going to Vegas for BravoCon, my girlfriend, Jamie, and I decided to pop that in and start listening to it. So we made it through about half of the book by the time we got back to LA and I was just super, super immersed. So I repurchased it for my own Audible account when we got home and wow, this story, Matthew Perry's story is, I'm still not even done yet. I still have a few more chapters, but Matthew Perry's story is quite possibly like one of the most insanely roller coaster, tragic, struggling life of addiction, success, love, love lost. Uh, the addiction part is mind-blowing. Now, I am no addiction expert at all, except for the fact that I've, you know, read books, memoirs and stuff, um, my, and my father was an addict. But Matthew Perry's story of addiction is quite possibly, like, I don't know, the most tragic I've ever heard in the sense that he could not 
stay sober. Like every, he, he says it all the time. I didn't need to drink unless something happened, but something always happened. He had so much success. He had so much money. He had so much support. He had a mom that loved him. His stepdad was Keith Morrison, which we just found out from Dateline. Like that's crazy, right? He had, did I say that right? Keith Morrison? I'm pretty sure that's his name. His dad was an actor who came back into his life. He had, of course, all of the friends from the show. He had friends in real life. He had sponsors. He had girlfriends. He was Matthew Perry. I mean, this is not a guy that's like struggling to find support. And unfortunately, any of that didn't, help him in his battle of sobriety. Now I am not towards the end. So I believe he's been sober for the last few years before he died, but I don't know for the details yet. Um, it is just crazy. It's crazy how intense it got and how, um, over the top, like his consumption was of alcohol and pills while he was working. I mean, I, I, I know that some people started to find out and like Jennifer Aniston actually comes up to him at some point in the book, which Matt, Matthew Perry had a huge crush on Jennifer Aniston and was kind of like obsessed with her for the first couple seasons. And she was just not giving him, you know, that time of day. They were very, very close though. And I think she cared for him so much. And she was the one that first came to him in the middle of the run of friends at some point and said, you know, I need you. Like, we're worried about you. You're drinking too much. One of the questions that says, what was a story in the book that shocked you? I mean, every story feels like it shocks me, but he literally almost died so many times. He was on that machine that I can't think about right now what it was called, but it was that machine that um, basically keeps you alive. It breathes for you. It keeps you alive. His heart stopped for five full minutes, five full minutes. He was given CPR and his heart stopped for five, like, it's it's so incredibly sad. Um, the inability for him to, you know, stop. It's and the amount and the the um the lengths he went to to get those pills, the lies he told, the people that, you know, he said that you have to make sobriety your number one priority. And if you don't, then nothing else matters because if sobriety is not your one when your first priority and you're that bad of an act addict, nothing else will ever, you know, come out as a success because sobriety will always go away. And then you're going to start drinking. You'll become a user again. It's just such a sad, sad state. And, um, really just, just horrible. It's not a ventilator, the machine. It's like a, it's like a short two, um, two, uh, what is it called? Like a, a two. Oh my gosh. You guys, I'm having a brain fart, like a bad one. Two consonants? <laughs> what are they called? One, two. Okay, like an echo or like a, it's not an echocardiogram. I can't remember. It's a machine. Anyway, very, very sad. And he definitely, even back then when he was sober for just a few months, ECMO, thank you. 
Thank you, um, Robin. So even back then when he was sober and he would have these states of sober, like he would have two years of sober, one year of sober, a few months of sober. And every single time he would use that time to help other addicts. He really, really got joy out of helping other addicts. So like bless his heart, he really seemed like a good good guy that just really struggled. Now, meanwhile, Matt LeBlanc had released a, um, finally, he's the first, I mean, I think, Lisa Kudrow said something kind of off the record about his death, but no one has posted on their social media from friends, not Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox, David Schwimmer, none of them. And you know, they were all so close. Like there really wasn't any big drama, but he finally, Matt LeBlanc finally opened up and posted something on his Instagram. And you guys, it made me so, so sad. So it's a collage of different photos of him and um, Matthew Perry through the years, you know, from the different episodes of the shows looking different each episode. The last picture is clearly like a behind the scenes um, kind of group hug. I see Matthew Perry, David Troy. I think it's all of them actually. All six of them are just hugging. And he says this, Matthew, it is with a heavy heart I say goodbye. The times we had together are honestly amongst the favorite times of my life. It was an honor to share the stage with you to call you my friend. I will always smile when I think of you and I'll never forget you. Never. Spread your wings and fly, brother. You're finally free. Much love. And I guess you're keeping the 20 bucks you owe me, which made me chuckle. Chuckle. I've never said chuckle before until today, which made me chuckle because like at the end of the day, their relationship was probably so fun and so funny and so jokester back and forth. And I think Matthew Perry, from what I've heard about him and from what people have said, like he was just honestly one of the funniest people ever. And, um, so I love that he kind of like tied it up with a little joke. But when he said, you're finally free, is there anything more true about that? Like with people that are struggling in their lives with people that, you know, have some sort of a, whether it's like a addiction or a depression or, you know, mental health issues, like it's just so, so sad. So I'm curious, actually, I'm reading like from different things. I, I'm reading that Jennifer Aniston has taken it the hardest. I don't know how close they were. I don't know how often they were all talking, but apparently she was just knocked off her, what did she say? Like knocked off her feet over it basically is what they said. <laughs> you guys, it made me sad. It made me sad. So let's try to lighten things up, right? Because I'm not here to make you sad. I'm here to lighten things up. So let's move on. Did you guys hear about all this craziness on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City last week with Monica and Heather? Okay, let's get into it really fast. So Monica Garcia is her name of the day. She is the new Salt Lake City housewife. We've talked about her a couple times. She's definitely... Um, I'm just putting it out there. I think she's Shady McShady. My gut feeling is saying do not trust her with a 10-foot pole. This girl is just odd. Number one, remember, I think we're all feeling a little sorry for her with her relationship with her mom and because she doesn't have like a lot of wealth. And so a lot of people are feeling like, wow, we can really relate to her. But don't forget this. Why is she no longer in the Mormon faith, y'all? Because she slept with her... Hold on. We'll get there. She slept with her husband's sister's husband, her brother-in-law, for a year and a half, I think it was. Guys, weird. 
weird. And I felt this way from the beginning and I just have this bad feeling about her. Also, when you're kind of in cahoots with Jen Shaw, it's going to make me question you. Like, I'm I'm never going to fully, you know, trust you. So anyway, so she... She and Heather are feuding now. Well, we know this from uh, BravoCon. We've heard from BravoCon that she had, she was the only one out of all the Salt Lake City girls that was not kind of immersed with each other. Whitney and Angie Kay did the two teas in a pod interview together. Uh, Heather was around. Lisa was around. Like, yeah, there's like minor drama, Meredith, whatever. Everyone has like their own little things. But Monica was the only one that was not in cahoots or talking to any of them the entire weekend, which you could say like, oh, I feel so kind of bad for her. Like they're shunning her, you know. But the reason why they didn't do a panel is because the in, the – the reunion is shooting later this month or or a few, in the next couple of weeks. And I think it's because of this. So Real Housewives of Salt Lake City opens up with this scene and it's like this jaw-dropping scene. No one really can understand what it's about because we know it takes place later in the year. I think it was in August, the scene. And it's this almost like behind the scenes fly in the wall moment where Heather Gay gets a phone call and she's like, shut up. Oh my God, I'm shaking. Shut up. Oh my God. Like, oh. And then the season starts. Well, we find out that it just came out last week that Heather first said, I wouldn't trust Monica at all. Everything she says are lies. She said this around the BravoCon time. But now we come to find out that in 2018 or 19, Monica went with a different last name Remember Monica's mom when she was talking to the plant at the dinner and she was like, I don't know your name. You change your effing name every effing day. So, and then she called her a mother effer, which is just insane. Like the most toxic family ever. Stay far away from that Monica Garcia family. So Monica, with a different last name, a few years ago went to Beauty Lab and Laser or whatever it's called. That's Heather Gay's very successful business that is a med spa. And now they have like a few different locations and she does well. Heather probably never met Monica. Heather is not someone that's in there treating people. She's the owner. So she probably came in. She bought a package of like $2,500 worth of, of product. She went, I think Morgan and I talked about this on the show last week. She spent $400 plus 95. I think she spent $495 the first time for like an installment. And then she was supposed to pay about $200 a month for the next 12 months, something along those lines. She ended up not paying the money. And so what you do in these situations, I guess, I mean, I would think collections would be involved, but I apparently the way that Beauty Lab and Laser are doing it is that they're starting, they start to, you know, go to small claims court over people that they're not able to get paid. So clearly at this point, they were really, really trying to um, get their money back or get their, get paid. She probably signed an agreement or a contract as you do whenever you finance something. Like I just bought a new iPad yesterday for Dylan. I had to sign an agreement because I'm doing it on a monthly installment payment. It's very normal. If I stop paying, I would be liable. This is how it works. Monica then, I guess, countersued Beauty Lab by saying it was a botched job, bad Botox, bad, you know, whatever. I don't believe Heather had any idea who Monica was, that it was the same Monica. And what's shocking about it is that no one at Beauty Lab and Laser could pick up on this until apparently this scene that we saw in the opening of the season that she finds out that it was actually 
this Monica that she's been shooting the show with, that she's been befriending, that she's been hanging out with, that she's been standing up for and, and you know, offering her support has knowingly been suing her business. Guys, what kind of a person is this Monica? She's deranged. I'm sorry. This is my, my opinion. This seems insane. You guys, it seems insane. You cannot, you know, now someone just said, Kathy said, you can't sue your castmates in the contract. So, you know, housewives can't sue each other, but there's a little bit of a, like a loophole here because I don't think Heather was named in the lawsuit. It's beauty lab and laser. And Obviously, Heather is like, you know, they have LLCs and like whatever things to protect each other because whenever you own some sort of a business like that where you're seeing a ton of people, you have to protect yourself. So I don't even know if Heather was even named in the lawsuit. And it's possible that Heather wasn't even very aware about all the very small things. They probably have so many clients. They go through a process every time that they don't get paid. I don't know exactly, but I know that Monica is shady. I don't trust a thing she says. Stay far away from her. Her mom is also shady, but it's like the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I think Monica was off by starting on the show for a paycheck and, you know, to throw her mom under the bus, to invite her kids to now be involved in this horrible criticism. Everything about it feels really wrong and off. And and we're used to housewives and housewives are all shady, but this one feels really, I don't know how to explain it, but it feels a little bit like too low for Bravo. It's like, like too, there's a lot of people on Salt Lake City that kind of are hitting below the belt like Mary. Do you think we're going to see Mary in this week's episode? We didn't see her. Now, a lot of you guys really turned on Lisa Barlow last week. I think I'm the only one that is still okay with her because I, I agree with her. (laughs) Is she, is Lisa like a great person? Probably not, but I agree with her and her thoughts and her opinions opposite Monica. Because I think that I would agree with, you know, a a light bulb if it disagreed with Monica. Because I just don't agree with Monica. And this is just the line in the sand we draw. I could be wrong. If I'm wrong by the end of this reunion and stuff comes out to show that Monica was actually completely screwed over and other stuff is happening, then, you know, come back and tell me and I will have to do uh, an emergency Patreon public apology to to make it right. But as of right now, I feel pretty strongly, I feel pretty strongly that, uh, that Monica's in the wrong. We'll have to see. So the drama never ends. And then she said, like, all I have to say is watch the reunion, which, you know, of course, Bravo's like, yes, we can get a three-parter out of this one. Yes. Okay. So Carlos King, do you guys listen to his podcast? I'm not sure if you guys, what your thoughts are, but I didn't listen to the episode, but I saw some Cliff's notes. Carlos King came back from, you know, his BravoCon experience and released an episode where he shared two fights that the Miami chicks were involved with. Real Housewives of Miami chicks were involved with back in BravoCon or or whatever, like around BravoCon. One of them I find a little more interesting than the other. The first one is with Larsa. So apparently Larsa, and I don't know the details, I just know that Larsa found a picture of of Julia, who's also a housewife, on her uh, boyfriend's phone. No, it wasn't like a sexual picture or anything from what I know, but Julie had asked him to take the picture and it was on his phone. It was a public, you know, situation, but she didn't like it. So apparently she lost it on Julia. Now, if this is true, 
nothing shocks me about Larsa. Have we seen the trailer of how she reacts to Gertie's news about the cancer scare or about the breast cancer? I mean, it's too much for me. Larsa is like, you know what I think? Larsa, so basically what happens in next week's episode, which you guys will see if you haven't already seen a clip, Gertie has breast cancer. And remember in the last episode, she finally opens up to Adriana, Nicole, and Julia. And it was like this crying moment and it was actually a very emotional scene. Well, in this episode, she finally sits down with Larsa, who's like, you know, the girl that she's feuding with right now. And she sits down with her and she finally says, after Larsa's like attacking her, and then Gertie starts to cry. And Larsa's like, why are you crying? Why are you crying? I already apologize. Why are you crying? Why are you crying? I mean, it's so annoying. And Gertie finally says like, I have breast cancer. And Larsa says, how do you know? I mean, how do you know, Gertie? How do you know? Like, how do you know? And then she says, she actually says, like, Gertie's like, are you, are you seriously asking me how I know I have breast cancer? I got a mammogram. And Larsa says, well, how am I supposed to know? And then the conversation moves into like, are you cutting it out loud? Or are you just like taking a little bit out? Guys, it is wild. It is mind blowing. In fact, I do believe that we need to start uh, off-campus empathy training. You know, Bravo is starting to do a lot of their alcohol training and their mental health and like, you know, psychiatrists and psychologists being on set. I think they need to do an empathy training for entire, for all of Bravo. Here's who I think needs to be on the empathy training. Just off the top of my head, you guys come on in with any suggestions. Um, we need Larsa, Erica Jane. Those are the two. I mean, those ne- those two need the full day seminar. Like they need the three day VIP pass for, for empathy con. Okay. Teresa Judice, a hundred percent Alexia. Um, let me, let's go through the Mary Cosby. Mary, <laughs> Mary for sure. Let's think who else. Um, let's go through some different, um, any OC girls that lack empathy? I can't really think anyone else. Oh, Sai. Sai's a great one. Sai is the queen of I don't give a shit about your sob story. Ramona. Ramona could definitely be there. I'm sorry. Um, Tamara sometimes, but I think Tamara actually does have it in her. We've seen it enough. So anyway, okay, so this empathy training could be really a hit for them. They could really take this to the, take it to the limit, right? Um, so anyway, they're they're doing this. Um, you know who else could do empathy training? I'm just trying to think out loud. Paige DeSorbo. I love Paige so much, but I don't think she has like an empathetic bone in her body. Do you guys think I'm wrong? Anyway, Larsa is unbelievable. And so for her to jump at Julia because of the picture that Marcus took of Julia in a public place, like not shocked at all. And Julia should just straight up go to Larsa and be like, how do you know? How do you know? Well, how do you know? How do you know? I mean, how am I supposed to know? How do you know? Okay. And then um, the next is uh, 
the next fight that happened was, and I heard this from a couple different people, was back in Miami at the airport. So everyone had come home from BravoCon. And I guess in baggage claim, God knows where this fight started. It was between, who do you think? Adriana and Alexia, the two, you know, most, they hate each other, these two. And they're both completely unhinged and they both don't listen to each other. So watching them fight is like, I don't know. It feels like two people in two different rooms talking and and they they have each other on mute. They don't communicate well. And they got in some fight at baggage claim. No cameras were present. But I'm not shocked. You guys, I hate to say it, but like it's hard for me with Alexia. I think she's very pretty, but I don't think she has the capability of listening. I really don't. I don't think she's able to sit down and actually listen. That's why I think she's like Teresa. I think they're both very similar in the way that they debate. They just talk. They just, they're like, while if they're quiet when someone else is talking, they're not listening. They're just thinking of what else they should say, right? They're already, they've already decided that whatever you say doesn't matter. They're ready to go and, and go into their own story. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Oh, I'm getting questions about the, the Lenny mistress interview. And I guess it's not a bad idea to kind of talk about a few different, um, you know, uh, a few different like Miami things. So Lisa Hochstein, I'll start there. Lisa Hochstein, of course, from Real Houses of Miami is starting her own, like, uh, what's it called? Split well. It's her own little foundation or, or I don't know if it's an app or it's a service. And basically what it is, is it will help women and men. I don't know if it's men or just women, but go through a divorce in a more financially sound and amicable way. She's definitely not the first person that has come up with this, but it so aligns. I'm curious, is she going to be part of this training? Because she better hire some like legitimate people. But I have some, um, I have some friends in real life who are divorce coaches. And really what, what this girl does is she, you hire her if you're going through a divorce and you're like, you know, if it's, especially if it's a, you know, a high tension divorce where there's maybe restraining orders or lots of issues and you hire her and she kind of walks you through resources. She helps you connect with a good attorney or a good therapist. And she gives you suggestions and she walks you through the whole process, which a lot of people need. It's almost like a accountability or guidance through a divorce. So I think it's actually a really good business move for Lisa. Like it does make sense. Um, we'll see how we'll have to see how it goes. But then I will bring up really fast. Now I have not watched this interview. I have no interest in watching the interview. Up and Adam, who is another podcaster and YouTuber, a lot of you guys follow him, subscribe to him. He, I guess, went to Miami and filmed a interview with Lisa Hochstein's ex husband Lenny's current. Beyonce? I don't even know her name. That's how much I care about her or the story. But a lot of you guys are asking about this. So all I know from what I know, and you guys know I'm I'm good with Zach Peter, and there is Zach and Adam shit. I don't know, like, I've never met Adam once, and I only met Zach a few months ago, but there is a lot of drama. You guys can go follow them to find out, because I'm not going to speak at a turn and speak about it, but you know, I love Zach. So apparently Adam went to this house. He, you know, spent the money. He hired a videographer, all the things, filmed this interview, getting the the fiance or the mistress's side of the story. 
Well, apparently the comments just went off in a very negative way towards Adam. Like, why would you ever give this girl the time of day? Why would you ever try to highlight her life in a positive way when you are friends with Lisa or when you're, you know, friendly with Lisa or whatever? I, you guys let me know if something came out in that interview that was so shocking or amazing. I have no interest in watching it. I think what I'm more interested about is the fact that Adam scrapped the interview, meaning he pulled down the trailer, he pulled down the interview on his end, on his social media end, although I think she kept it up. And I think the point is he was not happy with the press that he got from it. He was like, maybe hoping it would go a different way and it didn't go that way. We've all been there where you release something or create a piece of content and you start getting hate on it. So like you kind of maybe question why you did it, but it was probably a very financially um, involved risk because he had to be, I don't know where he lives, but he had to be at their house and he did bring all the people in, the videographers and stuff. So anyway, listen to Zach Peter if you want more information on it from Zach's side. Adam is talking about it a little. I'm sure there's all kinds of things on Reddit or wherever, but why are we giving her a voice? Sorry, no offense, but why the F are we giving her a voice? She's a kind of, um, you know, from what I know, she was following Lisa on her Instagram forever. She was almost kind of trying to get into that life. She was going to the parties. She stole this, this woman's husband. She seems like an awful human being. Really, there's nothing about her that, to me feels um, like sympathetic or, or something that we, you know, need to like love on. Not into that. I'm definitely team Lisa on this story. She does have her right to tell a story and she does have a right to, uh, you know, share her words, but I don't personally want to watch it, I guess. Yeah. That's just my thought. Sign her up for empathy training. She needs to join the empathy class. Yes. I'm going to put out a PR release today for all mistresses. Join the empathy training. Um, okay. All right. Another little silly, stupid story that we just have to always, you know, add to the list is Bethany. You guys, Bethany Frankel. Oi, 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 oi. Bethany Frankel is. Bitter Bethany, bitter Bethany, because she cannot let shit go. And she's going, number one, she released a TikTok yesterday. I don't know if it was on TikTok or Reels. That was the most, it was, must have been on Instagram because I'm not blocked. It was the most like tacky, tone deaf situation you've ever seen. She does one of those, I'm going out to lunch with my daughter and this is what I'm wearing. This jacket and this label and this, and look at this stack and look at this ring and look at this watch and look at this purse and look at these shoes and look at this. And I'm like, are we still doing this, you guys? In 2023, when so many people are struggling financially, when there's a huge war going on, when kids are being you know, killed when there's like tons of things that are horrible in our world. And when you're talking about the fact that like BravoCon is, uh, or Bravo is, you know, taking all these people's, you know, uh, not, not, uh, what's the word, not careers, like their dignity. You're standing in front of your freaking million dollar, multi-million dollar mansion showing off every little label you have, like get a clue girl. If I just, I thought it was the most weird 
piece of content. If you want to talk about your food, that's fine, but you can't have it all. She wants to do it all. She wants to Red Robin or, you know, whatever it's called that she goes to Red Lobster, Red Robin. That's also a restaurant, right? She wants to Red Lobster and dollar store it up until enough people are saying like, we're over that. We don't want to watch that anymore. Now she wants to be like, look at this fancy, 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 fancy. Well, that's not relatable at all. And then she goes on her podcast and talks about the fact that BravoCon seemed very different this year because Andy did not want to talk about the reality reckoning. He was hardly on panels. Well, number one, this is how it was set up. They, he, he wasn't on that many panels last week. I mean, last year, he did the Ask Andy every day and he did a variety of other things. Why the hell is he talking about reality reckoning at BravoCon? The, the one thing you know about BravoCon, if you were there, was that spirits were high and people were having so much fun and enjoying their lives and living it up. All the talent was having fun. All the fans were having fun. All the executives were having fun. Everyone was good. Like, stop shitting on Bravo. Bravo, Bravo, fucking Bravo. It's it's becoming out of control. It's becoming out of control. Sign her up for empathy training. Sign her up. Bethany, get into that empathy training. You and Erica Jane. And uh, And who else did I say? Who, who was the, the lead of the empathy training? They all, all of these women need some major, major training. Um, anyway, you guys, nothing really else. It's all just kind of chill. Oh, I bought tickets for Jeff Lewis's uh, live at, Bra at the Bourbon Room, December 21st. Not sure if you guys are going there, but I hope you do. Um, Craig Conover, Conover watched my stories yesterday, but still has not responded to my DM. Come on, Craig. Oh, yeah, Larsa. And anything else that's really exciting? Nothing really. Let me know if you guys, uh, if you guys are going to, to any of these events Sunday night or the Jeff Lewis live. Oh, one last thing that I will say: Mauricio has been spotted out with another woman. Apparently, in Austin, he went to Austin to, uh, to film the Skinny Confidential, which is a podcast with uh, for Dear Media. I'm obsessed with Dear Media. I'm like, I love a Dear Media podcast. But anyway, they um, he was in Austin, and apparently, he was kind of rubbing up on some mystery blonde. And I say, let him. I say, let him rub up on whoever he wants to rub up on, because there are no rules anymore, right? She even said, uh, Kyle even said on Teddy Mellencamp's podcast the other day when she was at BravoCon, she goes, yes, it was hard to see pictures of them holding hands, he and Emma Slater, but we're separated. Everyone can do what they want to do. And so Kyle was spotted with Morgan getting frozen yogurt in Encino yesterday at Menchie's. She's hanging out with Morgan, which is still called on Daily Mail, her rumored lover, which I just find funny. So they're definitely like still friendly. Who knows if they're, you know, whatever. I'm not going to get into that. Um, although, and Mauricio is doing his thing, but Lance is at Dancing with the Stars today because they're shooting the, they're doing the Whitney Houston episode of Dancing with the Stars. By the way, next week is a Taylor Swift episode and I'm going to that November 21st. But I think that, I think that um, if Mauricio is going to be there, which he will, I'm just going to be quiet. Um, hopefully, I'll get the info. I'm going to send you guys a little message on the Facebook group if I hear anything about what's going on over there. Uh, let them be. Let them go. All right, you guys. I hope you have an amazing Wednesday, Tuesday. Tuesday. Donna needs some sleep today. 
You can see it in my eyes. I need sleep. I need to catch up on Twin Flames University. I need to watch all the shows that I haven't been watching. And I'll talk to you guys manana. Bye, y'all. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.